What is up, guys? It's Alex Johnson here, the founder and lead analyst at YardsFantasy.com. Welcome into the 134th episode of the Feed Me Fantasy podcast. Let's eat. So if you missed the show last week, we flipped the page from redraft transactions to dynasty transactions for the rest of the season. With waiver wires drying up and trade deadlines passing, it just didn't make sense to continue the redraft format. So we made this move last season as well, and it went well. So today we're talking all the moves you should be making with your dynasty team, whether you're contending or rebuilding. So we're going to have something for everybody. We'll talk buys for a contender. We'll talk a buy for a rebuild. We'll talk dynasty sells. And then we're going to finish things off with a bit of a deeper dive into a player that you should be keeping stashed away on your bench for 2023 and beyond. But before we get too far into things, let let me remind you to get on Underdog Fantasy. They have playoff best ball tournaments drafting as we speak. It's $10 to enter with $100,000 in prizes. So if you think you know who's going to be in the playoffs this year and go far into the playoffs, you're going to have a major advantage in these drafts. You can also draft weekly teams. It's basically DFS, a snack and snake draft form, or play their pickums where you can take the overs and unders on player props for your favorite players. When you sign up for Underdog Fantasy, use promo code YARDSPER to get a $100 deposit match. Just go to underdogfantasy.com, download the Underdog Fantasy app, and then you can use that same code YARDSPER, all one word, YARDSPER, to get a $100 deposit match, or actually a $125 deposit, 125% deposit bonus. I'm all screwed up here. 125% deposit bonus on BetUS. So if your fantasy teams are dead or you're kind of just getting bored of playing fantasy, bored of the weekly DFS grind, you can start betting on the NFL, all the other, all these other sports, and NBA, the ongoing World Cup. You can bet on all that shit and use that same promo code, YardsPer, get your free money, start betting, easy as that. But let's just get to what we're here to talk about, and that's Dynasty, the first buy for contender that we're talking about today is DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift is setting up to be a league winner. And this goes for dynasty and redraft. I mean, it wasn't looking good during the middle portion of the season as he was slowly working his way back from an ankle injury. Weren't sure if he was ever going to get back up to where he was prior to the injury this season, but the lions have been ramping up his role just in time for the fantasy playoff run. After not playing for about a month, missed three games plus the bye week, Swift came back to a 55% snap share in week eight. But after that game, Dan Campbell expressed worry that the team may actually have pushed Swift a little bit too far given his ongoing recovery. And that resulted in his snap share just cratering, cratering the very next week, 16% of the snaps in week nine. And he remained under 35% over the next three weeks. But he started 
showing he might be back to full strength in week 12 when he had a season-high 22% target share. I mean, we dra- we didn't draft DeAndre Swift because he's going to get a ton of carries. We drafted DeAndre Swift because he's going to get a ton of targets. So it was very exciting to see that target share shoot back up. And then he followed that up with a 15% share on a 51% of the snaps in week 13. Those rates are eerily similar to his early season numbers. He's back. He is back. And he looked back. He looked back too. It's not just these usage numbers. He looked back in week 13. And the increase in Swift's usage coincided with a season low 30, 30% snap rate for Jamal Williams. So while Williams still got his weekly one yard touchdown plunge, which he always seems to get. Swift, Swift also received some work as the goal line, at the goal line as well, which is huge. That's huge. Remember, Swift averaged 17 fantasy points per game in the first three games before his injury, and then he scored 21 fantasy points in week 13. And now he has one of the most favorable schedules the rest of the season. And as Josh Lockie laid out on Twitter, Swift gets the Vikings in week 14, who have allowed the fifth most receiving yards to running backs, and the Jets, who give up the fifth or the eighth most receiving yards to running backs in round one of the playoffs. And then in week 16 and week 17, Swift is going to see the Panthers and the Bears, who have allowed the ninth most and the sixth most fantasy points to running backs, respectively. So it's wheels up. For DeAndre Swift, I'm buying him in Dynasty. I'm really hoping I'm going to have him on my roster in redraft leagues as well. He's going to be a league winner. I'm going to do a second buy for contender this week. Since we're getting into that playoff run, we want Marquise Brown. We want Marquise Brown if we are contending. He was having a great season before he injured his foot at the end of week six. He averaged 18.6 fantasy points per game through the first six weeks, including a stretch of wide receiver three, wide receiver 11, and wide receiver 10 finishes between weeks three and week five. Of course, that was before the return of DeAndre Hopkins. But two things. Zach Ertz is no longer in that offense. He was taken out of the offense because of an injury. So there's definitely enough targets to go around for Marquise Brown to still maintain his significant role. And then coming off the injury in his first game playing alongside DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown still led the team with a 28% target share in week 12 prior to the bye week. Brown now gets one of the most favorable schedules in the fantasy playoffs with matchups against the Bucks, the Falcons in week 16 and 17, I'm buying Marquise Brown and Dynasty if I'm contending. And if hey, like I said, if you're if your redraft leagues haven't had their trade deadline yet, somehow, some way, make a move for Marquise Brown. So if I'm a rebuilding team in Dynasty, we're gonna have something for you as well, right? The buy for me this week, if I'm rebuilding, is Kyle Pitts. He's out for the season. And it was an incredibly, incredibly disappointing year for this ultra-talented tight end. And he currently sits as the tight end 19 
with a 7.6 fantasy points per game average. I probably don't have to say it, but that's bad. Bad. Especially considering where he was being drafted. But when we look a bit deeper, just a little bit deeper, it is obvious that Kyle Pitts is not the problem. Pitts had a Marcus Mariota, Arthur Smith problem. I mean, we all assume that anyway, right? We know that. You don't need me to tell you that. But the numbers do back it up. They do. They back it up. While his raw box score numbers like receptions, receiving yards, touchdowns, those all rank outside the top 12, Pitts was dominant inside his own offense. He had a 27.3% target share, which ranked second among all tight ends. And his targets per route which was at a 34.3% rate. His air yard share, which is a 33% share, and average target depth, which was 13.1, those all rank number one among all tight ends. That's targets per route, air yard share, and average target depth. Kyle Pitts is number one among all tight ends in those categories. And he also leads tight ends in deep targets and unrealized air yards while ranking top five in air yards, yards per reception, and yards per team pass attempt. These are elite numbers from the tight end position. Elite. Unfortunately, the team only throws the ball 23 times per game with a quarterback who ranks near the bottom of the league. It's about every efficiency metric known to man. But the point is, Pitts himself is elite. We saw that in his rookie campaign. A quarterback change is inevitable. And he's only 22 years old. So while his fantasy managers are smart enough to know that he's not the problem, you don't need me to tell you that, there is still, still that little lingering doubt and a dip in his dynasty value that we can attempt to exploit by making offers for him right now If he's on one of these contending teams, you're in a rebuild. Go make an offer for Kyle Pitts. It really, really could pay off in the long run. So for buying in Dynasty, we also have to be selling in Dynasty, right? So one of the guys I'm selling in Dynasty is Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders has had a productive season. He has outperformed pretty much everybody's expectations, even his own. Remember remember in the preseason, he went on a podcast and said, don't draft me. Don't draft me in fantasy football. I don't get the ball enough. He said that. He told us not to draft him. And most of us listened. But he's already set career highs in carries, rushing yards, and touchdowns. And he's actually a decent buy for a contender if you're in need of an RB2 for the stretch run. But if you're not contending, or even if you are, and you're looking to upgrade elsewhere, you can package him together to get an upgrade at running back, or you can sell him for a wide receiver or a tight end if that's what you need. He's a top sell candidate in that scenario. And there's two reasons for that. Age, for one, he's beyond the running back, AJ Pecks. He's going to be 26 to start next season. I know the running back, AJ Pax, comes quick. Comes quick. He's already passed it. 
So he's going to be 26 to start next season. And the other reason is contract. Miles Sanders is a pending free agent with an uncertain future. We don't know where he's going to be next year. We don't know if he's going to be back in Philadelphia. And if he's not, we can't say for sure that he's going to have the same workhorse role that he's currently enjoying. There are, there's a lot of kind of just middle of the pack running backs like Miles Sanders who are going to be free agents next year. You got Sanders, you got Damian Harris, you got Josh Jacobs, who's having a great season. He's going to be a big free agent buy for somebody, right? So we don't know what's going to happen with all these running backs. There's going to be some shuffling of veteran running backs around the league. And obviously we're going to get a new crop of rookies as well. I mean, he did rush or he's never rushed. He's about to. He's about to, but still, to this point in his career, he has never rushed for a thousand yards, and he's not really an above-average pass catcher. I mean, he's decent in the receiving game, but he's not above-average. So teams aren't going to be teams are not going to be prioritizing Miles Sanders. They're going to go get him and install him as their you know seventy percent opportunity share workhorse in their backfield. That's very, very, very unlikely to happen. Even in Philadelphia, if he stays, Kenny Gainwell is that excellent receiving back. And he his role is going to continue to grow over the next year. So it's hard to say that Miles Sanders is going to be locked in as an RB2 in fantasy football for the next two or three seasons. So for that reason, it's time to cash out. All right, let's let's wrap it up with a stash. The stash of the week. Go go a little bit deeper. Who are we hanging on to our rosters in the offseason when we have to make tough cut decisions? Or, you know, we get an offer for this guy. Eh, we really don't want to trade him. Or we have an opportunity to get a throw-in on deals. This Zamir White is who we're going to talk about. Zamir White is that stash. He's the stash of the week. He's a great, great throw-in on trades right now. Or if you have him on your roster, hang on to him. I know Josh Jacobs is absolutely tearing up fantasy football right now. And that's why Zamir White is flying under the radar. Jacobs is having by far the best season of his career. However, however, like we just talked about with Miles Sanders, there's no guarantee that Josh Jacobs is back in Las Vegas next season. Remember, the Raiders opted not to pick up his fifth-year option. That was less than a year ago. They said, nope. Nope. So that makes 2022 the final year of Josh Jacobs' rookie contract. The Raiders have been an absolute disaster in Josh McDaniels' first year as head coach. So they have plenty of other areas where they need to spend money to improve. The offense, the defense, the offensive line is a complete disaster in Vegas. So why don't they go and they may they may choose to go spend that money elsewhere. They could use a quarterback upgrade. They could use offensive line. They could use another receiver to go along with Devontae Adams. We don't know what the future of Darren Waller is going to be. Maybe they go out and get a tight end. I don't know. Spend on defense. I don't know. But they're going to spend. And they may choose to spend on these other positions, these bigger needs, rather than overpaying for their veteran running back 
to keep him around. It could happen. So instead, they could stick with that original plan when they opted not to pick up the fifth-year option for Josh, uh, Josh Jacobs and let another team write that big check and move on to the Zamir White era. Remember, Zamir White was an impressive prospect coming out of Georgia. He's a former five-star recruit, and he's tested with excellent size-adjusted speed and burst at the NFL Combine, and he led the Georgia Bulldogs in rushing in each of his last two seasons despite sharing a backfield with Bill's rookie running back, James Cook. While it's certainly possible that Vegas does divert from that original plan given how good Jacobs has played this year, and they opt to give him that big extension, it's possible. It is possible. However, Zamir White is absolutely well worth hanging on to in Dynasty, and he's probably dirt cheap in trade right now. Your league mates are completely blinded by the incredible season that Jacobs is having, and they forget, they forget that Jacobs is on an expiring contract. So that's where we come in. That's where we take advantage by scooping up his possible successor at little to no cost and zero risk. We'll be right back.